My Lunch with Frank by Kester Lovelace. Episode 3. OK, the lunch didn't go well, but calling us liars and madmen? What's that all about? I've no idea. I need to talk to Simon. Hear it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Tell me it's not true. Say we're just two clowns who couldn't get our lines right. Maybe if we cross our fingers and we can count from one to ten. We can get up off the ground again. Maybe the whole thing's just a game. The whole thing's just a game. The whole thing's just a Hey, George Michael, turn the sound down, will you? I've got a headache. Gotta go, Augusta. Keep me posted. Hi. Hmm. You came in late last night? Hard drinking? Hmm. Hard filming. I can't wait to see it. If I'm invited to the wedding? Hmm, you will have to behave yourself between now and then. So, let me guess, that was Augustin? Yep. Simone has heard from Frank. Apparently, we're liars and madmen. Seriously? Yeah, I've got a bad feeling about all this. Oh, think positive, mon amour. But now, be good and take the kids to school, will you? I need to go back to bed. I wish I could too, and wake up to find that it's all been a bad dream. Hi, Augustin. Sorry, I haven't been in touch for a few days. It took ages to get hold of Simone. That's okay. What does she say? Well, she can't explain why Frank is so unhappy or why he wants to stop the Sarah Bernard. She asked me to send her the business plan. Have you actually seen the angry email from Frank? No. I wish I had. She won't show me. So, it's an allegedly angry email from the author, and we've got nothing but her word for it. Perhaps we need a lawyer. I already have one. Goldgrab and Partners. The best in Paris. Goldgrab? Yep. Madame Goldgrab has already looked at the contract and says that we're totally fine. It stipulates first category theatre, and we've got one. So, can I carry on as normal with pre-production? I've got to talk songs with Simon, set with Stéphane, costumes with Christophe. I guess you should, yes. And I'd like to have individual meetings with all the actors, including you, to talk about your roles. For example, I want Vincent to model himself on James Blunt. What do you think? Sounds like fun. And what about the auditions for the ensemble members? Yeah, we'll have to wait until things are sorted out with Frank. We can't start recruiting new people without being sure that our opening night next year is really going to happen. But you just said there was no problem. Not with a the theatre, but there might be one with our adaptation. Frank hasn't approved it yet. What do you mean? He already approved it months ago, didn't he? Yes, but he said there were a few tiny details to rework. And? Michelle came to Paris in the summer to iron out these details, which we did. Oh, did she? Why wasn't I at the meeting? Meetings. One with Elodie and me for the script, and one with Patricia for the songs. But I should have been there. Well, you were on holiday at the time. You should have told me. That's disappointing. I didn't think it would matter. Look, I hope it will be a formality. Frank can hardly reject work that has been corrected and revised by his own designated assistant. Hmm. So when did you send off this reworked version for approval? Well, that's the thing. I haven't done it yet. Patricia's nowhere near finished. In the end... There were quite a few lyrics to rework. But you said that was way back in the summer. We're in November. When's she going to be ready? She says not before March. Another four months? Barely six months before the opening night? I can't wait that long before advancing with the project. You're totally right. I'll persuade Patricia to speed up with the lyrics. Thanks. How soon can we get Frank's approval? Well, contractually, Frank has four weeks, so middle of January. Okay, I, I can live with that. Oh, and talking of Michelle... 
She's just been in Paris to talk to Simone. When? Uh, Simone told you that? No, Delphine did. She had to ring Simone to talk about the tour or something. <sighs> Apparently, Michelle gave her own account of the London meeting. She said that the show needed a director from Liverpool. What? That's utter bollocks! Excuse my French. Like you have to come from 13th century Denmark to direct Hamlet. I know, I know, it's ridiculous. But what's it got to do with Michelle anyway? She's just Frank's French reader. What right does she have to question our agreements or comment on the artistic project? Ask Frank. You remember I thought I'd met her before? Well, I was right. We worked together on a film years ago. She was a real pain. Yep, she's becoming one again. She also said that Frank felt cornered at the lunch. Cornered? What the f- Look, why don't I go and see Simone to give her our account of the London meeting? Oh, that would be great. I would go myself, but I'm stuck in London. I can't come to Paris for the moment. Okay, I'll defend our artistic choices and support the production's decision to play at the Sarah Bernhardt, but I refuse to justify my place in the project. No need to feel insecure. You've got my vote of confidence. <laughs> good thing I'm not a football manager then. But thanks, that's good to hear. I'm still the best person for the job. You know, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. Anyway, we need to focus on the real problem. Whatever that is. I'll see Simone as soon as I can. Yes, thanks. Speak soon. You're having an affair with your producer. I can tell. Well, in this business, you have to sleep with someone to get a show produced. <laughs> Should I be jealous? How old is he? 23? This project may be too big for him. But he hasn't put a foot wrong. This is what I'm not getting. When he turned up at Frank's agency in London two years ago and came away with the performing rights, he was a perfect Mr. Nobody. Now that he's secured a fantastic venue, a top artistic team, and he's getting finance, all of a sudden someone wants to kill the production. That sounds a bit melodramatic, don't you think? Look, you told me that Frank was enthusiastic about everything. Up until our meeting, yes. We must have pissed him off that lunchtime, but I just can't see how or why. Oh, mon amour, you're clearly an artistic threat to him, and there's a huge conspiracy to get rid of you. <laughs> Merci, Martine. So tell me. What happened at that lunch? Well, when I announced that we were planning to open at the Sarah Bernhardt, Frank violently objected. We were completely taken by surprise. Oh, he is very angry. I can tell you that. But why? He felt cornered. I'm not sure what that means, but he was clearly confused. He was surprised that the Follies was no longer an option. We had to tell him all about the Lemon Saga. You did keep him in the loop, didn't you? Oh, I suppose he has forgotten. He's an artist, you know. He was just very shocky that you had signed the contract with Sarah Bernhardt. This is why his reaction is so extreme. Where does this come from? No one mentioned anything about a signature. And I thought Frank and I spoke the same language. So you haven't signed the contract with the Sarah Bernhardt? No. But even if we had, why would that be a problem? The Sarah Bernhardt is a first category theatre. That still applies, right? Absolutely. Why? Because Frank did say something about wanting the show to start off discreetly and low-key. No, 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 no. You must have misunderstood him. Remember what Timmy Harden said. National trésor, n'est-ce pas? So, is this about the business plan? Because it's all crystal clear in the document Augustin sent you, isn't it? I haven't looked at it yet. 
Martin? If Frank wants to see the plan to ease his mind, go ahead and send it to him. We can easily break even at the Sarah Bernhardt, not to mention the enormous prestige of performing there. Martin, find a dossier from Augustin, will you? Anyway, if you didn't think we were doing things the right way, you wouldn't have given us a year's extension to the rights, would you? Of course, yes. We have full confiance. So, just reassure me there's not some big box office producer waiting to pounce and steal our baby? Of course not. Don't be paranoid, Lester. Listen, we're going to work together, main dans la main, hand in hand. I'm going to calm things down with Frank. I've had a lot of experience dealing with difficult authors and production issues. You need to calm down too. You are certainly not liars nor madmen, but it was a mistake to go and meet Frank, because he has a difficult reputation. Now you tell us. Augustin wrote to you several times and left messages asking you to set up a meeting with Frank. Oh, did he? Oh, you see, Martine was on maternity leave in the summer. It might have saved us a lot of bother if you'd told us. Well, it's too late now, but I will reassure Frank that the contrat with the Sarah Bernhardt hasn't yet been signed and that you're looking into other venues. But we're not. Why should we be looking into other venues? I can use my connection to get you talking to other big theatres, such as the Théâtre Blanche. It's not at all as prestigious as the Sarah Bernhardt. It's half the size. Yes, but just in case, you never know. Well, I suppose I could live with that. I mean, Théâtre Blanche were very happy to produce Sunderland, so the twins might appeal to them. But it's up to Augustin to decide, not me. Yes, but I'm sure you can convince him. Okay? Martin, can you tell my next rendezvous that I'm just finishing? I'm counting on you, Lester. Maybe I can convince Augustin, but we need you to convince Frank. You know, Artiste, he just wants the best for his work. So do we. We'll get something sorted. Trust me. Hand in hand, remember? Goodbye, Lester. Martin, you can send them in. I carried on with production meetings and organising rehearsals through December, while Augustin was negotiating for a 10-day residence at a theatre just outside Paris, where we would run the show and have a preview press night a week before the Sarah Bernhardt, as planned. But obviously, nothing could be formally signed until we'd sorted out the mess with Frank. I wasn't quite jumping for joy at Christmas like I had been the year before. I was ill on the day of Estelle's friend's wedding. I even forgot our own wedding anniversary but I made up for it by buying tickets for us to spend a few days in Venice in February. There was absolutely no news from Simon for nearly a month. Happy New Year! It's the end of January. In France, we're allowed to say it until the 31st, and... As a New Year present, an email from Simone. Should I be excited? She's just heard from London that the adaptation has not yet been approved since there are, quote-unquote, still errors to correct. No! She doesn't even say what these errors are. What could be wrong with it? It was supervised by Michelle, for heaven's sake. What's worse, I've just signed the contract with the Sarah Bernard and sent it off with a deposit cheque. I didn't want to risk losing the slot, and I presumed that the adaptation had been automatically approved. Hang on, but... Yes, it appears that Simon passed on the revised adaptation to the London agents only after the Christmas break. She waited nearly a month to send it. And I thought she was just incompetent, but this, this is, this is willful. 
Another few weeks wasted. What is she playing at? We got the answer a few days later from Frank's new agent in London, Dandy Dan. The email was a hammer blow. In episode three of My Lunch with Frank by Kester Lovelace, Kester Lovelace was Lester, Oscar Lesage, Augustin, and Julie Callier, Simone. Manon Clavel played Estelle. The sound was designed by Laurent Paulret. My Lunch with Frank was directed and produced by Joanna Schibist. <laughs>